I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey y'all, welcome to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. How y'all well, doing? Well, let's get into updates, bitch. I'm tired as hell. Yes. So typically we record on a t- Tuesday. It is, we're actually recording Thursday night. So be- the night before we actually released the show, Work has been a lot. There's been a lot of stuff going on at work that has been annoying me. I also have run out of my antidepressant, so I'm trying my best to keep it together. I'm trying my best not to go off on girls, but, you know, I'm just looking forward to a brighter day. But work, work has been a lot. Work has been a lot. It's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the country that is impacting my work and different cases that we have to bring, and it, everybody is just all over the place, but I'm keeping my eye on the prize. Uh, shout out. So last week I was in Philly. Shout out to Philly. I had, I was stressed out while working there. I wish I would have just taken a vacation because my a lot of my days are packed with work. But I want to give a shout out to my sister, Sharon Cooks. We had a good, fabulous time at dinner together and we hung out. I'm going to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Gabriella from law school. Uh, I, we had dinner. I got to meet her son. She has a baby girl on the way. So I got to spend time with her. And then she invited me to uh, her home with her husband. And I got to play with her son and let him jump on me and throw black, blocks at my face and all of that. And just meet and have time with her husband and her and they cook for me. And then shout out to my sis, Deja Lynn Alvarez, who's running for uh, House of Pennsylvania representative. She definitely a mayor of the city. She showed me around. We got free entry into everywhere, free drinks all night. So, you know, even though I was working, I made the best of my time there. I got to see my people and I just got to be one of the girls. And I had a good time. But yeah, work work has been a lot, but I'm just trying to keep my eye on the prize. uh, So Maya and I had a conversation offline. I really don't, like work has been so busy the past couple of weeks. I really don't have time to date like that. So it's just, I just got a lot going on, y'all. And I'm just, part, like, I thought I was going to have fun for Pride this summer. And it, June has been, June has been a lot. Work has been a lot. We also have some bookings coming up and just other side businesses and side opportunities that we're trying to do with the show. So 
child, it's a it's a lot going on, but I'm still here. I still have a place to live. I still have air conditioning. I, I still got a check coming in. So I, I, I'm trying to count my blessings, but I'm a bitch is tired. I need I need a break. I like I need a real vacation. Sis, what's going on with you? Girl, so you know, I wish I could say that things were rosy and, and, and peaches, and, and 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 I guess in my personal, personal, direct personal life, it is. But when you have friends that are going through things, it really sends you. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of people are going through a lot of things right now, and just trying to stand in a gap for people and stay in prayer, and you know, just trying not to. Let it affect me because I'm a warrior and I'm also an empath. And so just hearing people go through different issues, it just, it affects me. So just trying to pull out of that and not letting it settle in because I also uh, um, have depression. And so I don't want, and I'm uh, currently, I'm, you know, in somewhat of a remission because of my medication, but I don't want to, you know, dwell too deeply. So it's just about balancing and prioritizing how I have conversations and what I engage about. Um, I am excited about our opportunities coming up in the future. It, like Brianna said, it is late at night. We both are, are, are taking off in our personal lives and our professional lives outside of our, our business together. And so I'm just excited for what that means. But, um, oh, um, we're going to have the breakdown on it, but I did want to say while I'm here, I wanted to document that for those of you who um, are, have been in community for a while, Pose might have its trigger warning. I should give you the trigger warning because I wish I got more of one that this would, this season in general, I mean, I knew that this season would touch on some deep themes, but particularly in these last couple of episodes, I found them to be very triggering. Um, in a way that kind of took me down for a second. Like I, you know, and then not that the episodes were bad, they were great episodes and I'm definitely not gonna give any hints, but it it, it was, I will say this, it really is a true, some, there are certain aspects of it that are very, very accurate as to the experiences of LGBT people in the nineties and the changing of everything so just y'all stay tuned we'll have our breakdown coming for those of you who follow us on patreon and yes girl so i'm gonna go ahead and bring it do you want me to bring in the first topic sis okay well, before we before we do that i'm sorry y'all i'm eating bitch i'm hungry but before we get into the topics we got some housekeeping to do so one of our patreon listeners did what was needed to be done it actually wrote us a really nice, thoughtful comment that I wanted to read. Also, before we get to the comment, shout out to all of y'all who came and watched the video for our summer book club. I forgot to mention that for Revelations. Yes. If you didn't get to join the live, don't worry. It's still up on the Patreon. You can watch for as little as $7. But go on and watch it, girl, because we really went through it to read the book so we could um give give y'all an informed show. And shout out to the people that were able to watch it and build the community. Shout out to the people who got hit to the book club a little late. So maybe y'all didn't get to see, watch, I mean, read Revelations. 
but y'all are going to be on top of it for our book for the month of July, Wildly by Octavia E. Butler. And shout out to y'all who say y'all are going to participate in the book club going forward. Yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot we did that last Saturday. We had a very we had a very successful event. We got in, said we what we had to say, and got out. We Honey. did. We did. We did. So we did put some content out earlier in the week, guys. And for those of you who are listening to this, it's it's just it's so it's just as easy as going to Patreon and um, you know making a donation. And donations are as low as how low? Well, five dollars. But to see, but to be a part of the summer book club, you gotta pay. You gotta pay seven dollars. Because that that is additional work we are doing, reading, making sure we are competent, getting up on the weekend, being on camera, girl, girls, that's work, girl. I, it's also I, live. So for those of you who didn't get to participate in that aspect the last time, we actually are recording these live. And if you are a patron, you will have access to that YouTube live when we do our book reviews so that you don't have to get the delay at all. And we'll be, we're, we're, we're piloting that concept. And so y'all please take advantage because we want to know that we can still engage with you guys, particularly our patrons, because we love you and we thank you. So for those of you who are not patrons, the way to get in on the discussion is to join. But for those of you who are our patrons, pay attention for that Saturday live. We'll, the, the, we will announce the dates and we have our dates already listed, but. Yeah, the, the next one is July the 10th. July 10th. So y'all pay attention July 10th, y'all. So now y'all got a whole month to read Wild Say by Octavia E. Butler. And it is everything. It is a wonderful read. This was my suggestion to the book club. My husband and I bonded around this book. We'll get into that story when we do the breakdown on the episode day. But I'm so excited. It's Octavia Butler's Wild Seed. This is a part of a series, but this was the first book of the series. And this is to me quintessential Octavia Butler hitting all of the things of African-American sci-fi whilst do, coming from a historical point of view and dropping knowledge. It's amazing. Y'all check it out. So we got to give it, we, we're in the Patreon streets. We give it, we got to give a shout out to Reggie. Reggie said this um, in reference to Bevelations, this conversation was so good. In particular, the part about knowing when to leave situations that are in alignment to your best self. I'm a chameleon also. And in the past, have found myself petrified because I had molded myself to the needs of the project slash company I was working with so much that I was unrecognizable to myself and not in a good sense. I had allowed my focus on my employer to overrule my actions being centered with my intentions as a person. I'm sure we can attest to the magic that comes with the transformation of our actions being in tune with our authenticity and the joy that comes with that surrender to intention, preparedness, and integrity. I think that joy makes us brave enough to face and overcome the fear of stepping away from those secure yet misaligned opportunities. Reggie, thank you so much for leaving this comment. Thank you so much for watching the video and watching the conversation. And I'm not going to give all the book away, but like a big theme of Revelations was knowing knowing how knowing knowing how to leave when it's your time and not waiting for something horrible to happen or a big outburst you know in your spirit when you when you're just not meant to be somewhere and you have a calling that is drawing you to something else and it's all about having the confidence and, and stepping out on faith 
Step out, stepping out on faith because nobody is going to make you happy with, but you. A job is not going to make you happy. A position is not going to make you happy. A dollar amount is not going to make you happy. A man is not going to make you happy. That has, that has to come for, from you. And you have permission to leave. You have permission to leave. And you have and you are responsible for living your most fulfilled life. And nobody's going to do that for you. And Bevelations, if you go back and read the conversation, we get, really got into depth about it. But it, I read it. it uh, 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 important time in my life right now where it just reaffirmed a lot of the things that I was thinking and feeling and um, situations that I'm in now where now that I have been on this process of choosing me, so many fabulous opportunities are presenting themselves for me to just um, step out on faith and step more into myself and more into my alignment. So Reggie, thank you for reaching out. I think instead of trying to do the letters thing, because y'all girls was refusing to send letters, I don't know why, but more of y'all like to comment and stuff and write long comments. What I'm hoping is that we can start reading the comments either from our Patreon or from the Instagram and read them on the show just to get your opinions on whatever show or any piece of content that we produce. Because we really get, we really care and we want to know about what y'all think. And that's no shade. So, Reggie, thank you for starting that off for us. And also, Reggie, um, we want you to know that what you did was brave. Your sharing, your honesty, your your the, the thoroughness of your comment. It, it just makes me really proud to know that not only do we have dedicated listeners, but we got smart ones. And I love every bit of your introspective. Uh, point of view. I love your self-analysis and I love your internal locus of control. I feel like part of looking back at your life and really looking at it and really learning the lesson is learning how you allowed your, is being okay admitting or acknowledging where you allowed yourself to deviate. And I'm I thankful that our story and, 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 and our, our conversation about Bevelations inspired that that, that 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 it connected with you in that way. So thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate you. And before we get into our main topic for the day, if you would like to send us advertisements, we've been getting a lot of requests for those. Make sure you email us at box number five so podcast at gmail.com. And let me say this, because we had somebody slide into our inbox last week trying it. Um, we don't typically like promote products and stuff on this podcast because this is not that, that type of platform. Though I do have like personal stuff that I like and use and I swear by, I just want to, we haven't done like a beauty or health or lifestyle segment of this podcast. Not saying that we can't do it in the future, but it's just not something that's crossed my mind. And also, I'm not going to promote something unless I really stand by it or swear by it. But, um... Don't be coming into our inbox trying to get us to promote stuff for free. Like that, like, and then get mad when we try, like Lioness and I are very professional people. So if you come at, we are now at the point in our podcast where it's more than just a hobby. And don't get me wrong, we love doing it. Like I love, like I love that even the hectic, crazy work that I had, week I had at work, I get to come here with my sister, get on camera or get on the mic and talk about things that really matter to me. And I'm very 
I'm blessed and fortunate to be in that position. But at over a year in, this is a business. This is a business. It takes time to sit here and record and take time out of our day. It takes time to edit. It takes time to promote. So we don't do work for, at this point, the, we set our podcast up where we're generating money from our podcast. So, and that's one of the, the hallmarks in your in revelations. Once you start getting paid for something, you are a pro. So this is no longer a side project or where, um, you know, just doing it for the fun of it. We get paid every month. And that's not to mention stuff we have down a pipeline where people are paying us to do or people have paid us in the past to do it. So I say that to say, if you want to come with us to do like a business deal or a business situation, one, recognize that we are Black trans women. So anytime that you're doing business, and I don't care if this is another Black company, because this is a Black company that did this, like come correct, like come correct, come ready to do business and come ready to spend money. And I'm not saying it's like we have the like biggest audience listenership. No, we're, we don't have that yet. But we're definitely on the path to getting to where we need to be to be sustainable. But don't play in our face. Like, don't play in our face. Don't ask us to, to do work. Don't ask us to do work for free from a situation that generate, like, we generate more money that we generate, we generate enough money that if you want to come and do business with us, you have to come with the right amount. Like, go ahead, sis. And that's another that's a, that's a, that's another point to this. I think that sometimes people assume that we're a community that's thirsty or needy for attention or validation, because sometimes when we get hit, now we've been very fortunate and blessed, and that we have made some very good, um, some very good business decisions, and we have some very good campaigns and things coming up. That so you guys stay tuned. However. We are also starting to get the, oh, I want to do this for your community because y'all need this thing and this will help y'all and very much. And um, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it was a beauty company. And so then there's also this assumption that because we're a trans um, podcast that, of course, of course, we needed her to plug her beauty products. Right, but you ain't even offered to send us no shit for free. That part, at least gratis, bitch, if you're going to give me an attitude. But don't sit here and act like we just doing this for the promotion and like very much wanted, like sent a very formal, but like crazy email and was formal email. And then when we responded with the basics of, yeah, sure, we would love to, you know, have a conversation around pay or what this looks like. And then it was an immediate reaction of, well, if that's what y'all are, pay for play. Yeah, we are. Yes, bitch. Yes. This is a business. especially during Pride Month. Yes, bitch, this, we yes, pay for bitch. play. This is, this is tax season play. for the girls. You be clear, bitch. Don't come here asking us to promote shit for free. We don't do that. No shade. This is a business, and if we do it, it's gonna be something that we believe care about. Care about. We're black grown trans women talk, so we will center black trans women. So that's not. We're not talking to y'all. We're talking to these business owners and some of you black trans women that are business owners. What we're saying is, is that we will, we reserve the right to decide whether or not we pay. We, we, we want to do something for free. Don't come expecting that. This is a business. Yeah. So I just, I just had to get out that out the way. Cause this thing came in our inbox and I don't know Real what she's doing. We um, the shit out of her though, didn't we? 
Right, bitch. I pay, I pay her email completely after she sent the second email back. I'm like, oh, this hoe not talking about no money. Yeah, yeah. And at, at this point, it for that particular situation, it has to be financially worth it. And the fact that you were trying to shortchange us and try to belittle us, like we weren't in it for the girl. No, 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 sis. Not at all. Don't come over here asking for nothing for free. Like I said, if we decide we don't want to do it for free, fine. But if you're if you're a black trans org or or, or nonprofit, that's a different story. We can have that's a different story. But we don't have to have that conversation because when the girls want to do business with us, girl, they get bitch. The the money is ready the same day when they send that. Like, do you want us to send it to you now after this? Like. We don't have this problem with the girls. It be some of the cis people that be shysty with their... Ain't that the gag? Ain't that the gag? I was just saying that. I, I was just saying to the girls, don't, that what we're saying now is not meant to discourage you. Because we right. don't have any issues with y'all. The girls have been wonderful. Yeah, it's the, it's the cis it's people that have been trying, trying to, we trying to do, do business with us. That have been, you know... Very, we're trying to do your community a favor, T. So just know, for those of you interested in getting into that work, don't feel like you don't devalue your shit. Your shit is valuable. It is important. And like, like, like Debbie said, if you're getting paid to do it, you're a pro, bitch. So be a pro and, and treat your business like you're a professional. So, sis, uh, let's let's get into our first topic for the night. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, it is Pride Month. And along with Pride Month, there have been a lot of different celebrities and folks getting campaigns and different things. And very recently, our favorite niece, Zaya Wade, um, has gotten a campaign with her, her stepmother, Gabrielle Union, and if I'm not mistaken, the campaign is guess. I want to say it's guess. I think it is guess. And it is a wonderful campaign. And she is living her full self. She is every bit as beautiful and as awkward as any teenager would be. But I just love and live for the idea that just looking at her really being able to live in her truth and be open and be herself. To that point though, we do live in a world where everybody and their mom and them got something to say. And every time the union waves start, you know, doing anything in the media now, is they're gonna bring it back to this baby. And for whatever reason, there are some adults that just have a real just determination to tear down her energy and to put negativity out there. And then there are those people that are willing to embrace and be accepted and acknowledge that we don't know everything. Um, there were also critiques on the fashion. Um, and there were also some critiques in community on people putting on certain notions on this little girl. And I'm gonna let Brianna talk a little bit about that, but we have to be careful about the way we a lot of y'all need to shut the fuck up that my sister's trying to say it nice a lot of y'all need to shut the fuck up she's a fucking 14 year old girl she's 14 year old 
She's for, and it's not even like cis people. It's like trans people. Like, why don't she have? Why don't she have hips? Why don't she have breasts? Why, bitch? Because she's not fourteen years old, prostituting to live day to day like the girls had to back in the day. But she has a family that loves and accepts her. Girl, she's gonna wait till she can actually get the surgery and don't have to get pumped on the streets to get killed. Let's not act like. Hold on, lady, and I'm not being shady. Let's not act like those of us that did have to make the silicone decision, like it wasn't a risk or a gamble, and that we 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 all may be dealing with something eventually for a bit. So let's not let's not. I hate that we live like you say in that kind of like old school prostitute mentality that gives very oh wear your body oh you don't have titties right or she's fourteen years old fourteen and we've been telling people as a community that nobody was telling Zaya Wade to go in and cut her dick off and have surgeries. And some of y'all, I feel like y'all want her to have her post-op yesterday. And that is fucking insane. She's a child. She does. She has the right to, to exist in a child's body for right now. And y'all do not have a right to police her gender based on her appearance physically. Some of y'all, that's also a little sick to me. Like, why do we, why are y'all insisting on her being a bad bitch at the point? Because they want to pimp her out. Like they probably did their real daughters. I want to read this. Um, shout out to my sis in Philly, Madeline Pryor Gray. For a second, girl, you can't go right into the shout out after you after you say that they pimp their daughters. <laughs> I did. So shout out to my sis Madeline Pryor Gray. Um, she wrote this on Facebook. Oh, I love her. Hi, Maddie. We- she um she wrote this in response to um the girls doing the most for Zaya. We didn't get the chance to be young girls. Many of us who transitioned at young ages didn't have an opportunity to be young. We had to grow up and fast given the life we were often forced into to be who we are. Zaya is what liberation from that looks like. Zaya is what supportive families affirming you and loving you from the start looks like. We are watching a piece of what childhood and adolescence for trans kids is. Something we were not afforded. Something that was taken from us. So y'all need to y'all need to check the fuck up and let Never this girl. Yeah, let this girl be. She's she's not ugly. She's a pretty girl. Her voice sounds really kind. Really? And she's she's going to be fine, <laughs> and she's going to develop into whatever God sees for her. Like she's Zaya is going to be fine. Zaya is like every time I hear her talk, I'm mean, like, she is so like she's she is the one. She is the one, and she has a lot of people around her that see it for her. And can and, I say this? Even if she doesn't get body, listen, Zaya, baby, if you listen to us, because I feel like one day my dream, one of my one of my bucket list is to get a letter from Zaya or like a note or something or acknowledgement uh, put on the story something because I just want her to know that there are girls out here that are rooting for you to win and it has nothing to do with the way you fucking look how you be what you gotta do you live and you live abundantly girl and you don't have to get one motherfucker surgery if you don't want to fuck all these hoes and what they think um this your auntie cursing about it I probably shouldn't be cursing you are 14 however if you listen to black grown trans women talk you're being grown in it and I want you to know that I want you to know that we love you here and that you do not need to be falling into none of these folks' respectability politics, that none of these bitches pay your bills, those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. You drink water, moisturize, and mind your business, baby. And don't worry about what these motherfuckers gotta say because you go you have all the coins and you are fine. 
okay? You do not have to go and try to get to do what these girls did for survival just to prove something to them. They got those bodies because they needed bodies to live and succeed in life. And girl, they're gagging in those bodies and still judging you for not for not suffering like they fucking suffer. While going to get silicone removal. So please, <laughs> <laughs> please, just live. Don't let these girls pressure you. Live your life. We all had a journey and everybody's journey is the same. And if you happen to be one of those girls that want to be model-esque and not have to deal with all of that and don't want to go... Like, you know, you that's on you. I am sick of the community policing and you won't do that to the next generation. So we are the aunties that will stand up for the children. Yes, and happy birthday, Zaya. She just turned 14 years old. Happy birthday to her. We love you. We live for you. We see it. I can't wait to see how she's going to turn it out when she gets older because she she's everything. I live for her. Yes. Yes. So I guess I guess let's take it to the bonnet debate with Monique and all, all of that. Sh- Monique, shut the fuck up. I love and you know I love Monique down. I love everything she stands for. She is a Sagittarius like myself. She is from Baltimore like myself, and I love Monique. But girl, you're wrong on this one. You're wrong. It's not, girl, and she do that shit. She do that shit, which she always do with the soft voice and come sit here and come gather around. And it's like, bitch, why why does me wearing a bonnet in the airport, what the fuck does that have to do with you? And if you come tap me on my show, first of all, all, when I'm in the airport, just off, off rip, my anxiety and anger level is at a 20. My goal at the airport is to get in, get out, have as limited body contact with strangers as possible. So, bitch, if and to be comfortable, bitch, I'm, I know some people go to the airport and it's a fashion show. Me, when I like to travel, I like to, to be comfortable. The only part that's not comfortable is I do try to make sure that I'm tucked. Um, but ever since I got TSA pre-check, for the most part, I don't have to go through that full body scanner unless they do. It's like that random thing where they pull you out the TSA pre-check line and they go through the scanner. So the only p- place I'm uncomfortable is when I have to touch because, you know, I don't, you know, I want everybody in my business. But bitch, I'm not concerned because she says she's seen girls in the airport with bonnets and pajamas on. Like, bitch... If you can't wear that in the airport, where are you going to wear that at? Which exactly. I want to be comfortable in the plane with a whole bunch of strangers. But furthermore, just because, so because people have bonnets on or they don't dress the way you like, that that gives us a pass to disrespect them or to think all these things. Like, just because you dress up and in a suit and all of that, if people are going to be racist, guess the fuck what? They're going to be racist. They don't give a fuck about what you have on or how you dress or how good your pussy smell or none of that. If you're black, they're going like, so this whole, when did we lose pride for ourselves? Bitch, what we're not going to do is do this whole call to arms and black community or take advice from somebody that calls their man daddy in public. I'm not going to that's where she lost me. The dad, you call your husband daddy. Right. You don't have the right on what's respectable and what's not. Because I personally find that reprehensible, but I'm not judging you, sis, because that ain't my life. 
I don't. I just think that's crazy as fuck. You call him a grown man, daddy in public. It's one thing to do it in the house. It's another when we're around folks and you call the people daddy. The only reason why, and maybe you know, you have to educate me, but I associate that between two adults and sexual. So, girl, you could never read me. You in public giving me all too much information about you, what you, what the dynamic you and him have. When really, you, 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 you really should not be the girl. That's it's too many things, honey. No shade. No, I love you. You my auntie, but there's too many things we could roast you for, for you to be reading the girls. We we've given you a pass for some shit, man. And that's as a community, but particularly for this. So for those of you who may have missed this conversation, um, Axis Monique, and this is per Enterprise Magazine, Enterprise.com, BlackEnterprise.com, excuse me. Actress Monique went viral over the weekend after she took to Instagram to shame Black women out of bonnet pajamas out in public. The Oscar winner was ironically wearing a gray bathrobe as she explained how she was taken back during she how she was taken aback when she was on a recent trip from Atlanta to Mississippi where she saw black women wearing bonnet slippers, pajamas, and blankets at the airport. Bitch, you were going to Mississippi, girl. What else is they gonna be wearing? Cause what is in Mississippi? I'm not, not. I'm not saying nothing is there. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, it's not like they were getting off at LAX in some place where, like, it's in the middle of a major metropolitan area. If you, the airports in Mississippi tend to be on the outskirts of the city. That's not being shady. So, girl, these people have plenty of opera opportunity to go to their hotel room and get ready to go out at night. Who the fuck are you to tell me how to dress in the airport when I'm going to fly somewhere? And she said it was a morning flight, bitch. I, if I want to get up in the motherfucking morning, right, bitch. Who's getting dressed to the nines for a fucking morning flight? Like, girl, this is not the this is not the 1970s. Like, I know back in your day, Monique, or back in your grandmama day, or big mama, whoever told you that bullshit. I know back in their day, they did dress up to go to the airlines because it wasn't considered a well-to-do event. Pan Am is gone. Those airlines are over. They don't even do meals like that no more, sis. People are just wearing what the fuck they want to wear on the planes. And I'll be damned. I'm sitting uncomfortable while a bitch next to me is in flip flops with her with her white feet out and just just and, and she's got them on the the footstand in front of the girl. You don't know. Apparently, I don't. Maybe she in first class. She got room to be cute. But when we're matched like this on the plane, bitch, why am I putting on good clothes? Like that's crazy to me. Like I don't know. I don't know. Now, in general, I personally do not. To wear a bonnet out in public, not because, and this is real, not even because of respectability thing, because I'm trans and I feel like it that would clock me. Okay, it's just more about how every girl have her way to get through. Bedroom chic is not my fish. It's just I, <laughs> every girl ain't able. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> every, every girl ain't able. But. And I, I'm sure I am able, and I do go to the store sometimes, but it's very rare that I actually do go, um, you know, with a, with a bonnet on. And I am very intentional about my appearance, but that's something, that's just me. I would never think to project my feelings, thoughts, or whatever onto anybody else, because actually, who the fuck am I? That's what it boils down to. It is. Yeah, you know what this whole thing made me realize you? about her? Like, yeah, she's fat, black, and she's going to be oppressed because of those things. But this hoe is still rich. And she's still operating with the, this whole... Jerry like, Bill Cosby pussy. Right. Jerry Bill Cosby. Like, yeah, you fat and all these things, but you still rich and you still projecting this, like, pull yourself up by the bootstrap bullshit that, that has nothing to do with nothing, bitch. 
Like I know I don't wear bonnets outside because I'm hot. I I get hot. I'm naturally hot. So any even when I'm sleep at night with my bonnet on, I have to come out of it because I start sweating. And, but it, let's be honest, you know she was parroting her husband. So let's be honest. The real debate on bonnets has nothing to do with women because women understand why other women are wearing the fucking bonnet. It's really niggas being mad that women aren't at all times being available for their gaze, that they're not living for what a man think about them at all times. They're not, they want to see ass and titties at the airport. And now women are starting to dress more comfortably. And, you know, and, and, and in this society, the gay, the male gaze is not the most important thing. And men are intimidated by that. So let's be honest. She's speaking for daddy. Whoever the, that nigga she called daddy. Oh, that my husband, that girl. Yeah. She's speaking for her daddy. That nigga. That, she's speaking for him. It's that not shit. Sure. She needs to divorce him, girl, because it's just like he, he's holding he's holding you back. He's really holding you back. Okay. I was saying, I was remarking before we got cut off that um, we was daddy. She's speaking for daddy. She's speaking for that nigga that's behind her, the one that tanked her career, the one that's negotiating terribly for her behind and in front of the scenes, the manager that 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 that's speaking on her behalf all the time in public and not letting her be talented. The same nigga, I believe, is putting that word in her ear because men are getting tired. I've heard the Kevin Samuels and the 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 niggas really really complain that they don't women aren't groomed in the way that they used to. But y'all niggas ain't groomed in the way the niggas used to be groomed either. The world has evolved. We're all in ready to wear fashion. We're all in athleisure. We're all riding up and down. We're doing what we got to do to survive in the 2021s. So stop trying to compare us to your 1950s grandmama who was trying to just get on the bus and survive home. She That was a different thing, okay? We're not in those times anymore. And to be honest, we got to stop fucking worrying about what the fuck other people got on. It's their business. Because I will be remiss, particularly as a trans person who has lived their life as people trying to police everything about my existence. I don't give a fuck, bitch. If you happy, I'm happy. Okay? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, to be invested in you is to give you way too much energy. And that's exactly what I feel like is happening in this whole debate on bonnets. It's really people who, if you don't want to wear a bonnet, be you a man or a woman, don't wear, or, or man, woman, or, or anywhere on the spectrum, don't wear a bonnet. Just don't do it. It's before you. But for anybody else that wants to do it, you let them do what the fuck they want to do because they're grown. And back to what you were saying that was very pertinent. If that bitch were to put her hands on me in public and stop auntie's <laughs> Academy Award and all, bitch, I'm going to make you know it. I know you just didn't try to embarrass me in this store, bitch, because you don't like what I have. Under the guise, like, you're concerned about, bitch, shut the fuck up. Because I immediately, because the way my mouth worked, immediately, I immediately, bitch, I'm coming back with you. Immediately. Is your daddy located around you? Because he need to come pick you up, bitch, you're out of order. <laughs> I'm very that girl. girl. And no say if you were so fat, bitch, why are you on a regular coach airline with everybody? Like, where's your p- private plane at or your private jet to fly to fucking Mississippi? Since they wouldn't give her five hundred thousand dollars at Netflix, so girl, remember, and that's not shading her. I have respect for her. I don't want to denigrate her as a woman, as an artist, as a person. No, girl, on that on that particular argument, she was right. Staying with you 100%. Now, did I cancel my Netflix subscription? No. no. I just started watching. I just got yeah. into America. 
I just binge All American, and the season three that's airing now is coming on Netflix. And I really like watching that show on Netflix. Oh no, I'm not cutting my Netflix off, but I read. I and I I'm not going to stop watching Netflix because they have some really amazing fucking content. Should they have paid her more? Yes, but this whole bonding shit. It's like, girl, you could have just shut the fuck up. Monique, I also want to caution you. You don't want to go the way of Bill Cosby in the sense that you are who you are because of your talent, because of the goodwill of the community. See, when you were the girl on the soul plane, we still loved you. When you were when Queens of Comedy, we loved you. When you were Mrs. Parker, we loved you. We loved you. We don't. We still do love you. I am a fan. Where you lose me though is where Bill Cosby left me. Is when you get to the point where you get so much money that you lose touch with the very people you say you're advocating for. Now, as a woman who advocates for Black women, can you imagine how it feels to be a Black woman doing the best she can, who may not have the resources like you think she may have in your million dollars? to keep your hair dead at all times. Because I've known that's always been a thing for you. Maybe that's where you have that bias. You talked about in your earliest stand-ups back on Comedy Central, or no, Comic View, excuse me. Back on Comic View, you used to talk about how you was always a girl that kept your hair done. And you always kept your hair done. But that's your ministry. And I'm sure you know in order to keep your hairstyle nicely, you have to do protective styling. But particularly for Black women that are single mothers that are working multiple jobs and doing the best thing that they can to survive, we don't need you and your motherfucking opinions, just like we didn't need Bill Cosby and his motherfucking opinions on how black people should be naming their children, how they should be pulling up their pants. Y'all are getting out of pocket. Remember that while white people are cutting your check, they're cutting your check because you reach black audiences and you don't want to lose us. And talking shit about black women, particularly as a black woman who says I'm auntie and stands on black women, berating black women in public, talking about how you're going to humiliate them, how you may not even acknowledge them as a queen if they don't meet your standard. So that's toxic as fuck. That's that's gatekeeping as fuck. That's white supremacist as fuck. And it's not, it's not woke. And it's not who I thought you were. So I don't like your husband. That's not my place to say, but it's the truth. Um, and I don't like you. And, and I don't like him simply because I feel like there's a part of you, Monique, that seems more interested in appeasing him than actually being authentic to who we thought you were. Because there has been a change. Having a fucking career. Well, I didn't go into the career part, girl. But I guess I'm just saying I've observed a change in her demeanor in interviews where instead of encouraging Black people to stand with her, you're berating Black people for not falling into your standard. Same thing Bill Cosby did. Don't lose your audience. Because ultimately, we all have our skeletons, sis. And when the white man turns their back on you, we will be the people that will catch you, the girls in the bonnet. When your man, if your man were to God forbid leave you, it will be a sister in a bonnet that will come to get, that will come to pick you up from your house and move you. And she'll be wearing a bonnet while she's doing it. That's how God works. So please, let's be careful because karma's a bitch. <laughs> and it will gag you because you'll be in a bonnet moving boxes out of that house with that man. And you'll be looking at your bonnet like, girl, how did I get here? How did you get there? Because pride, go, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. But I would, 
speaking of speaking of the Bonner situation, I don't know if we need to do a new segment. Um, when men get it right or whatever, when black men get it right, I don't know. Just to, oh, did just you to love it? The black men bonnet support. It warm. It warm. It tickled me and it warmed my heart. It warmed my heart because I'm like some some of y'all get it and y'all are willing to stand in the gap on so, like the visible. It's the visibility thing. And for niggas that missed that, that was an easy alley oop. What, right. If you really wanted to be the bare Yeah, if you really wanted to be that take, big, take your girlfriend or your baby mother's bonnet and be a even Simone Bow's boyfriend um joined in on the bonnet thing. Girl. And also I wanna get I wanna give a shout out to Kate Williams. And y'all so, niggas, some of y'all wear y'all bonnets, by the way, because a lot of y'all wear bonnets. Especially if you have dreads, but I appreciate that. So let's give a shout out to Cat Williams, who was recently on Joe Budden's podcast, um, basically saying that there is no such thing as cancel culture. Um, he said that my point is people weren't all at, people weren't all that funny when they could say whatever they wanted to say. At the end of the day, there is no cancel culture. Um, and what else did he say that I love? Cancellation doesn't have its own culture. That was people of color. That was us policing our own culture. That was people without a voice being trashed by people just because they had a bigger name than them and more money than them and a better office than them. They could sweep them under the rug like they didn't matter. Um, I love me some Kate Woolley. Like, out of the male comedians, I remember watching his stuff when I was in high school. I always thought he was funny as hell, like Jane, because I don't think Kevin Hart is funny. David Chappelle is not funny. Too. Like, it's, it's not a whole bunch of like black men, straight comedians that I find funny. I find the, the black gay comedians funny, but I Cat Williams is just genuinely funny to me. And I love that he is a black cis man in that space, has that perspective to like bitch is no is no such thing as cancel culture dave chappelle and all y'all other motherfuckers when y'all still have the opportunity to get million dollar deals and um all all of this access and also why can't you just be, be a better comedian like like do you have are you only funny because you're saying some slur or you're punching down on the community? And I just, I just, it, again, this warmed my heart to see just a black man just have this perspective and stand firm in his conviction and to be on Joe Budden's platform, which reach, which reaches out to those men who need to hear this conversation. That was what was powerful for me. So y'all, those of you who know, y'all know, y'all know. We did the episode, y'all know. Y'all know, y'all know what I did. I am, I am that girl. And as a Joe Budden podcast watcher, when Cat Williams was on there, I was like, okay, what is this gonna give? Because I watched it when it happened. I'm, I subscribed to their Patreon, and um, so I get the early notifications. And when it came, honey, I was ready for that episode because I wanted to see what Cat had to say. I am like you, Brianna, a Cat Williams fan. And then, um, I like, so there are people, so uh, to what you were saying, I think that people can be funny in different ways. Kevin Hart can tell a really good story. 
much in the way that Bill Cosby can tell a good story. If you're not a guy that lives for family humor, I mean, if you're not a person that lives for family humor or if you live for men talking about their kids and wives and family and that kind of thing, you may not like him. Same thing with some of these other people. Cat Williams, though, is a true comedic genius because his timing is so impeccable that it's always there. For those of us that truly have that bit of funny in us, you never lose it. It's always there. And it always comes, to me, true humor is in the ability to have the communication and the level of intelligence to be able to match the two up and come back. She is a master of comebacks. He is a master of wit. He's one of those people that at a cookout, even if he was never famous, he's going to make people laugh at the bank. He's going to have people laughing at the floor. Like if he was my man, it would probably be exhausting because he's naturally going <laughs> to just, and, and I, and I live for that energy. I think we all have uncles like him. We all have male relatives that have that level of charisma. I hope I hope to have that quality in my next lover or man. Just to ba- just to balance me out because I can be so serious all the time. But right, right, and it does help to have a, a partner that's a funny person. So I, I that also makes him cute to me. So uh, but, yes, I'm very attracted to to Kat. I, He gives me big dick energy. Damn, girl. Um. I'm a fan, I'm, um, and uh, yeah, you know, you know, as a girl that appreciates a, a good bulge girl, I have also checked the printouts of some of the the um, comedy specials. He hanging, girl. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so to this conversation, so Joe, Joe is asking him about cancel culture and Joe does his podcast tends to attract I think less so actually now that some now that Maul's not on the show Maul in particular his co-host Maul attracted a basic nigga energy Joe himself is actually low-key very much more knowledgeable but he plays the kind of a common man on the show so the show trends tends to attract regular general barbershop ass niggas niggas that would never really be challenged on a lot of stuff in black male spaces black men in particular because life is hard they tend to attaboy each other so what i found really dope was was when joe asked the question about cancel culture and what he thought about it you could see this compassion come out of cat in his response you could see that he acknowledged that the true skill of being a comedian is making your audience feel good and ultimately, if you are engaging in a way that your audience is not able to receive the joke or the funny because you offended the fuck out of them, then what was the point? And I love, like you said, he brought in this, this dynamic of y'all motherfuckers wasn't that funny before <laughs> before cancel culture supposedly started. And he didn't even believe in it. Because ultimately what he was trying to say, which I thought was very, very powerful, very, very mature, and I wish more of Black men in particular gave themselves permission to have this kind of empathy. What he was really saying was, if if you're going to use a word or phrase that's going to offend an entire, why use a word or phrase that's going to offend an entire group of people when you could easily use a different word? And he made a point of saying, I think he was like motherfucking bitch or something he said. He was like, that word is still available. Like you can still curse, you can still use exercise your right to free speech. And no one's saying that you can't say whatever you want to say, but if you don't, if you really don't expect to, if you expect to live and to not tarnish your brand, ruin your energy, fuck up your career, you're going to have to know that you're dealing with people. And we live in a time now where 
the least of these. So black people, I love that Kat pointed that out. This applies to you. Do you do realize majority of these white comedians have been making black jokes for, for years at our expense? And we started cancel culture because we were the people that were like, we're not standing for this no more. We were the people that were putting blackouts on our Facebooks. We were the people that were talking about boycotting businesses when George Floyd was going on. We are the people that really, really integrated this, this notion of we're not going to support you if you don't support us. So then for y'all to then black men give that away to the white man and, and feel like and, and, and like make it like this it's oppressing you when you started it is really interesting to me because if we look at the root of such things, it's usually people, minorities, people of color, poor people, people in in dis- in, in the in, in affected communities having to speak out against positions of power and using what they can, which is their buying dollars, their attention and their, you know, their time and pulling that that energy and that investment out of organizations that don't serve them. So now that it's women y'all got a problem in, now that it's trans and gay people you got a problem in, because black men want cancel culture when it's George Floyd. We want cancel culture when it applies, right? So it's got to apply evenly. Y'all also have to moderate and modulate and be careful in how you engage in this world because ultimately we are living in it together. Women, men, trans, and you know, in, in, in all the spectrum in between. We're all living in this world. And in a, in a very real way, I am very, very glad that Kat brought that up because I know there were a lot of black men that were lean forward, were expecting him, were waiting on him to like go in so they could finally have the, 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 the screenshot they wanted. Cause Kat Williams is also a man that appeals to a certain level of black man. Cause you know, he kind of came in on that pimp aesthetic you know what right. I mean? And very much like I'm a pimp ass little nigga. I get all the hoes. So that particularly appeals to the same type of nigga that usually would have a problem with cancel culture. So I love that you've watched the full arc of a man and now you get to see this grown, mature, professional Cat Williams that can acknowledge that we got to grow as a community, as a people, as comedians. And I thought this was a spot that was dope. Yes, we love you, Cat Williams. Keep, keep growing keep shining. I can't wait to the next special. Yes. And also, you can tell jokes about the girls. Like, like I hate how people act like we're so uptight and upsensitive. I love to laugh, bitch. I love to key and like, and it's certain, it's certain funny shit of aspects about our life. And um, you can tell when a joke is connected to the community from a place of love, i.e. you know a trans person, you have friends that are trans, you've engaged with them, because the joke will have a nuance. As opposed to it just being that's the man. Or a fag, 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 or, or all fag, of that. Fag, fag, or that's the man, or the objectifying type of joke. There's a difference. There, there's a way that you can tell a joke about a community from a place of love, or at least a place where the community feels like they're included in on the joke. Right. That's what that way we're talking about. If you're using derogatory terms, or if you're saying things that are just fucking deplorable, and it, and it offends people, grow from that shit, learn, because ultimately, you gonna motherfucking cancel yourself by alienating the audience that you said you wanted. And open the door for actual, for comedians for, from that community. Bitch, That's I, bitch, I want to see um, black trans comedians not playing. I don't want to see well them or whatever. Well, I but, don't identify as trans. Nah, I'm, 
no, but whatever. I want to see actual trans people, particularly black trans women, because we know so many girls that are funny and comical or Latinx trans women or like just so we can so we can reclaim our power like in that sphere and turn everything on us head. Like, bitch, you're not going to make fun of me, bitch. I can make fun of our experience, bitch, and have everybody up in here cracking the fuck up. Exactly, exactly. Oh, before we go to another topic, really, really, really quick. Um, Legendary, no shade, I hope don't know other houses go back on that show. It's it's not, it's overproduced, it's not real. Y'all try House of Tishi. Huh? You're talking about the TV show, Legendary? Legendary on HBO, yes. Y'all try House of Tishi. They should not have been eliminated. They should have won. They were the best house that entire season. The only reason the House of Mugler was good was or won because they won. And no shade to the House of Mugler. I live for the House of Mugler. But the really the only reason they won is because the T-Sheets went home. Like that show, first of all, isn't London of, isn't London a Mugler? Yeah, yeah, London's a Mugler. So first of mm. all. You know, I know the girls are concerned about the commercialization of ballroom. And I think that's very valid. And as great as Legendary is, it will never compare to going to a room. Like, just because ballroom is becoming more commercialized, commercialized, there will still be a need for actual ballroom. Because that, that shit on Legendary, that's not real ballroom. That's like TV production and contrived shit. Like, that's not the 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 height of the spirit of the ball when you're going into the ball and you don't know what's going to happen and bitches have their moment and like so well, even that, on pole them Diana Ross impersonations girl yeah that's that. not that's not like the, the, the nothing will compare to going to an actual ball and I, I'm not even talking about like the big like house balls or the production balls that they have at these venues I'm talking ball. about I'm yeah. talking about in New York, going to a bitch, going to New York to the projects at USA. I never forget the first time I went to a ball in New York. I was so scared because because I remember they t- they told me to meet. I'm like, bitch, we're going to the projects. They were like, yeah, we going to the projects, bitch. They had a ball in the community center in the projects, girl. So you had to walk through the trade, bitch, with your effect on, and go into the community hall, and then. So you hear the do 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 like you hear the beat and then the girl like girl nothing can compare you can't whitewash that you can't whitewash it you can't replicate it and you can't recreate that but now it's a legendary I just hope no more houses go on the show because it's not it's not about talent it's not about it's not about none of that it's about them trying to produce a show. And you don't have actual people from ballroom. So you have people on there judging the categories that don't know what the fuck they're judging, that don't know how to score, that's you know, sending people with talent. It's just girl, it's just late. It's just it's just late. Well, you know, and, girl, I can imagine it's hard to tell a house not to go on there, girl, because you know, obviously they're paying, you know, they're giving the girls a coin. So it's been but from but from the stories that they're telling. 
they like you yeah you go on the the show and you do get exposure who doesn't want exposure but you're you're get you're not getting music until the day of you're not get you're getting your clothes made late like it's all of this bit shit that they're doing behind the machine scenes That's to right. demonstrate to the to the talent that like your bottom rung. And see, that's shitty to me because the show is based on those people. And ultimately, right. there are only really four motherfucking celebrities. The rest of this entire show is based on the crafts and skill of our community. And because the judges are so disconnected from community and don't have it, it really comes off like let's let let's pander for the strays. And and then and they make decisions that are not based on anything that would connect to the real rules of ballroom. So then, right. so then it confuses the issue and it makes the world think that they're watching something that isn't real at all. And I'm not saying it's got to be a whole real ball on TV, but what they're the way they're doing it, that's a pageant of gay activities. Like that's what I would call it, a TV reality show of gay activities, meaning like it's it's the stuff from the culture but it's extracted, saturated and filtered and it's yeah, so, it does like, like the way that they do some of the things and like when they have like People that are known for face and walk face, or people that are known and walk certain categories, or even performance, it's not like the the one episode. It's no way that the child that has never bowled before he walks runway. He could like he could bowl, but he wasn't breaking it down like the other child who was who is a legendary bowl performer. For like the way that they they be picking people, it's like. Well, I felt the passion, and but it's like they weren't bogan. They weren't giving you five elements. I don't know. Shout out to the House of Tishi. Shout out to Simone. She Naomi didn't come back this season. This no, she was there. Oh well, shout out to Naomi. Naomi, they did have one. Naomi is the only. I wish, and I love that she. The reason why I asked was she there because I haven't watched it since the first season because I thought it was a mess. But <laughs> but Naomi was the one saving grace because she was the only girl that was making sure that the five elements was present. She was the only girl that was making the faces that I was making on the couch when they was picking stupid ass people. Like I live for her. And yeah, Lay. Yeah, I like Laomi there because once she just has, she has the knowledge. She knows what she's talking about, and she scores right. And now they've done some shit where they have like the like. So now they score like from one to ten, and you get a score. So like you do the one round, and you get your scores, and then they have these bonus rounds where you get like if you win the additional category you get a like an additional 10 points for your house so a lot of the episodes this season houses that suck that should have went home won the second category and then got bumped up, oh. and, then up and then just they, or they got they either got bumped up to where they were safe or they got bumped up to where they won the episode i also don't like that this show is showing put it this way it will be different in my opinion if they were getting non-minorities that were qualified because there are some that are legends or that are statements that are really in the community. You know, they're really doing the work. They are part of the ballroom. But I hate when they go and find, you know, these look like that that last season when they did that whole house of all house of all cis women. And it was mm-hmm. like battle of the white girls versus everyone else. I didn't like that at all. That really made my skin itch. I, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that. And I hope, and while I'm glad that minorities are evolving in this culture, I think we're so quick to want to have diversity in what is a black craft. 
that it's not like we're in opera. No one's ever rushing to force black people to be in opera. Does that make sense? But right. it's like any culture that is just black or black derived, it's, a, it's like it has to be integrated for white people to appreciate it. And I feel like when we don't push back on that narrative, like you said, maybe some of these black houses need to stop putting their input in. Because ultimately, y'all, they got y'all looking crazy and they're making millions off y'all. And if y'all are not even getting, you know, your, your costumes in time and y'all are being treated behind the scenes like second-rate citizens and fuck me these people and, and, and let's and let's get back to what we know which is ballroom which is being creative which is hustling which is doing what we got to do as a community yeah but shout, yeah shout out to the house of tichi shout out to simone tichi aka japanese spaces she's a celebrity makeup artist so she will be fine i'm just glad that she read law roach and she read all of the girls and she walked off the stage and then came back and read them again and then walked off the stage again so um oh, that was a fierce episode. Is this the last one? No, it was episode seven. I'll be watching just episode seven. I just gotta hear that. I gotta see that. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, shout out to shout out to um the house of Tishi. I think that was yeah, I think that was that was it. So yeah, so it's back to you. Um no, so um right now we I wanna um we're really fast. I, well, I guess I'll go into this and then we'll go into the 40th anniversary. I'll leave that one to you. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Angela Stanton. So, for those of you who are OG, old school, before there was a Patreon, before there was all of this, Brianna and I very early on used to have what we had was a regular show and then we had like a live show and we did episodes that corresponded. We since reworked that because we're busy women and you know we needed to maximize content and put it behind the paywall. Shout out to the patrons. But um, I did a great. So Angela Stanton is this. I I, I hate to call her an author, um, but she is this woman that has a trans child that she insists on trashing throughout the internet. Um, she is, she plays right into the narrative of the hateful, spiteful religious or mother that's using religion to condemn her child. Meanwhile, this is the next, this is the next con, not shading her, but she's being really lofty when she wants people to give her grace. And she even makes physical appearance comments about her child. She refuses to address their child by chosen name, she's dead name. But more than that, she really, really spews a toxin. Her daughter is beautiful. Her daughter is still trying to honor her mother. Um, and Girl, I think she's past that bitch. She calls she calls her Angela bitch. <laughs> she does call her Angela, but I she ain't reading her in the way that her mama reads her. But I think JB's is too she she's she's too polished. She's too smart for that. She, that yeah, she's she, she JB's that that. She's a young girl, but I, I takes my hat off to her for her to be in that situation and just have like that, bu- yeah, and have that business about herself and how she carries herself. Bitch, I could never, not at that age, bitch. No, I would have been calling been my mom on TV. Yeah, it would have been drama on TV. I would have been calling her out her name. It would have been ugly. It would have been a thing. I would because you're not gonna because I'm good thing, especially for a girl like you're not gonna publicly embarrass me. I don't give a fuck, right? Me. 
bitch. So like Angela isn't that even that she thinks she's like she's going out of her way to embarrass that girl. I mean, out of her way to the point where it's like I'm going to land the smear campaign against you, and to think that that's how toxic this hatred that 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 a lot of people in black community try to have towards us is so strong your your desire to look like you are that bitch in front of a, 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 group, a group of community that don't care about you and to the point where you would talk so bad about your own child is deplorable to me because at the end of the day angela that's your seed came out your womb baby while you reading your child and you got a thousand people reading your child with you God is going to get on your soul for that, baby, because you you were called to bring that thing into life. And regardless of what you think about what God gave you, it's yours. And you doing that to your child, to me, is an abomination. You call us abomination, to me, anybody that would bring somebody into the world and because of choices that are not detrimental to anyone, but because of your ego, you reject them and embarrass them and launch a campaign, I think there's a special place in hell for people like you. And I'm not even somebody that has a hell in hell to put nobody in, but if I did, bitch, you would be roasting on an open flame. I roasted you one time before. I slow roasted that ass. And I could again, but I'm choosing not to because I'm going to take the high road. But I want you to know, Angela, bitch, you ain't that. You ain't that high up that you cannot be taken down. And I am waiting for the scandal about you because see, people like you with that kind of nasty energy, you're not just nasty to your own child. You're nasty to other people. And I know that there's going to be stories that are going to come out about you and the shifiness that is in your spirit. Because a shifty eye is a shifty spirit, Angela. And that mole says a lot. Then let me move on. Because see, bitch, you see, I get rude. And I don't be meaning to get rude, girl. I just don't like her. And I don't like No, her. we shout out to shout out to JBs. We're going to place our love around her and our energy. Because she like again to be in that situation, and I know it hurts. I know I know it hurts that. Even though she's probably accepted the fact that this is who my mom you is. You see how she went in on Jason Lee? Oh, bitch. Now, now I usually don't look for Jason Lee because I, I don't use her. But in that moment, she did. Jason did what needed to be done. Jason not only did what needed to be done, I just want to support and honor <laughs> a black man. Awesome, ultimate black queen. He baited her in. Knew she was going to act up and then read her for filth, bitch. Read her for filth. What, what you could never, you, one thing, one one group of people you're going to want to avoid, including us, you're going to avoid, you're going to want to avoid, avoid the butch queens and the trannies. We, we, it's no game, girl. The way our mouth set up. And she keeps on going to platforms with the girls, which I don't understand. Cause like girls, you, you hate the girls, but you continuously insert yourself into platforms ran by the girl. I don't get it. Because the, because it, it, the girls don't realize that they're feeding her. And let's keep it a bean, girl. We give her relevance. Other, other than her child, like, that's really sick. And the reason why I'm glad her child keeps it cute, her daughter keeps it cute, is because other than her daughter, girl, she's irrelevant. And that's really what's sad. She's irrelevant. And I wish her well and luck with her life. You're a beautiful woman. I wish her soul wasn't as ugly. But that is what it is. For as beautiful as you are in person, girl, your soul is ugly. I think she's really pretty, and I think her soul is ugly. I think her daughter is beautiful inside and out. Shout out to you. 
So I guess to end it out, and I, I don't know if it's going to be on a light note or a, a, a sad note, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't discuss this. So it, so I believe this month is the 40th anniversary of the first um, diagnosis of the, the a, of HIV AIDS cases. Um, I guess not even in the country, in this world. And we've seen a lot of... Um, like celebrations, just acknowledging like how far we've come since the the first diagnosis in 1981 and still how far we have yet to come in. We have to talk about it because HIV um, AIDS is, is a very real part of our community, especially for Black trans women. Um, and so many of us um, living with HIV, living, you know, healthy and happy lives, but, um, it, it does impact our community and it I think it impacts our and I know we haven't talked about polls but um the last two episodes are very um, heavy with like HIV and AIDS and I don't know it just it kind of takes me back so to see where we are today where somebody could be diagnosed with HIV and you can um like get on meds and get on um, become undetectable and just live like a healthy, um, normal life. And like to, to know that, to know that there was a time where, um, people didn't have access to these medications. Um, and it was like a death sentence on top of like the stigma on top of these pharmaceutical companies, um, being fucking racist and not, um, one, not funding the medications, and two, when they had the medications, they only allowed white people into the programs, and they they didn't let black people into the programs to get the treatment. It's crazy, and even as a child, I had a lot of queer people in my family that were close to me, and, like, I just remember back then when, excuse me, I just remember back then with certain family members when they, um, like, were not even when they were diagnosed, it would be, it was like, it would, it kind of was like that last episode, like, it, everything would be, it, everything would be good, everything would be uh, flowing, and then you found out that they, like, were a, HIV positive, and then how fast it um, progressed to, like, an AIDS diagnosis, and then, like, you, like, you wouldn't even have enough time to really spend with them, they would be gone like that. And to just know how traumatic that was. And also to just to try to remember like how black families back then um kind of talked about well, how they didn't talk about um a HIV and AIDS and how they tried to cover it up. Oh, they died from cancer. Or I just remember being a kid, um, my uncle George, he passed from complications with AIDS with um with AIDS. Um, like in 94 or 93. And I just remember we were so close. He was he was one of those uncles that saw the queerness in me. And he would like, let me go to his house and I could be as queer as I wanted to be. And I just remember when he, I remember when he got sick, I wanted to see, him. they were like, oh, we're going to the hospital, but you can't come. And it's just like, well, why, you know, why can't I come to the hospital? And, um, you know, he passed shortly thereafter, but, I, girl, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm saying all of this to say that um, I'm glad that we're celebrating the 40th anniversary 
and that we're celebrating like where we are now. But I think it's so important for us to um, not forget like all the people that we lost. Um, forgetting all the people in our families that um, we've lost and a lot of their stories have been erased or um, not talked about or due to shame or stigma. And that I hope that we get to a day where we can really start to tell, to we get the, we can start to tell more stories about these people who are part of our lives who unfortunately succumbed to this um, illness, who didn't, who didn't have the access to a lot of the things that we have access to today. And I, and I just thought it was important for us to talk about, um, talk about this because HIV is so prevalent in our community. And it's, a, it's, a, it's even a lot of stigma, like with um, trans women, um, how we talk about HIV and AIDS in our community. So I just think it's really important for us to um, talk about that. So I agree with everything you just said. Um, I don't want to belabor the point, but I do want to say 40 years later, I feel like we've come a lot very, very, we've come very, very far technologically. We've come very, very far in advancements around care. We've even come very, very far in prevention. We've come very, very far in um, looking at people that um, have been um, affected by the disease as human beings that can live successful lives. I think in the last 40 years, we've gone from complete and utter fear, paranoia, and being afraid to let relatives use glasses, you know, being afraid to hug family members, being afraid to engage, often kind of in the way some of us have experienced now with COVID. When something new hits, you never really know what, how it's going to impact, impact and what it's going to do to the world. And I feel like this was a virus that very from the early on frightened officials. And it also caused rich people and white people to draw a line in the sand. And, and that line has not been permanently erased. While we have made a lot of advancements, there is still a lot of systemic oppression that lead to increased HIV rates for African-Americans, for LGBT folk, particularly black trans women. And while we have done a lot to talk about awareness on the treatments and there's a pharmaceutical rep at every event, there's still not a lot of work done to address a lot of the major systemic oppressions, i.e. the government healthcare system, i.e. the government benefit system, i.e. the way we police black and brown people, the way we treat them differently, even in medical situations. There are a lot of different things that are now compounding that are making it harder for people to be able to access the things that they need in life to be able to stick to a regimen. So what's very powerful that we talk about health-wise is that in the last 40 years, there has been an improvement in the technologies. But sadly, because HIV and AIDS is now something that in a lot of people's mind is something that's a distant memory, there's not a lot of funding to support the, the community beyond HIV. And unfortunately, a lot of our activism in community is tied directly to that virus. And I feel like over the last 40 years, it has led to the pathologizing of the Black trans experience. 
to the point where there is an assumption that we're high risk and as high risk individuals we're treated and seen a certain way. So while I am excited and I do wanna honor our fallen and I do wanna remember those that did struggle and pass, I also wanna use this 40 year um, anniversary as a clarion call for those that are living and thriving and succeeding to still continue to do that and live in abundance and not think that because um, the world still looks at HIV and AIDS as a, as a poor disease or a black disease or a gay disease, that that represents the totality of who you are. Because what we do know is that the fat, one of the fastest groups of people that are contracting this is black women. So black women, welcome to the party. In these next in these last 40 years, y'all have done a lot of pretending like it wasn't gonna hit you and it has. We are a community that is loving and open and hopefully you will walk into this community with the respect and reverence for people that had to come up with a, a reason when y'all turned y'all back. So let's, 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 let's honor and let's be supportive and let's turn away from the Angela Stanton's of the world because black women, a lot of the ideologies that she puts forward, a lot of the things that she said, a lot of that closed-minded mentality is the reason why there is still so, such rejection, so much pain and hurt between the LGBT community and the cis heteronormative community because ultimately folks are too focused on judging other people. In this 40th year, I hope that going forward, we can get out of the place of judging. We can get to the place of really having open and honest conversation because millions have died and hundreds of thousands have died early on because no one even wanted to have the conversation. So I would be remiss if in this moment, I didn't encourage everyone to have a conversation with your, with your medical professional to make sure you're tested, have conversations with your loved ones and, your, and have open and honest conversations about the new things, the new technologies, the prep out there, all of the different other tools and strategies that can be effective. There are free testing and, and clinic opportunities in your neighborhood and community. This is not a death sentence. And there's a lot of things that make it easily and to manage. So, and also, if you don't want to talk about your status, don't feel like you have to talk about it. Because you don't. And I think that that's another point that I want to point out. In 40 years, because at first there was so much fear around it, there was a lot of people kept their status to themselves. And then I remember there being this push in the 90s and legislation that criminalized folks for not telling their status. And now we've reached the point in time where we've gotten to the place where we know that that was toxic, but there's still a lot of laws on the books that are like that. But I'm, we're telling you here, just as a human, you have a right to privacy. You have a right to your dignity. You have a right to disclose to whoever the fuck you feel like and to not disclose to whoever you don't want to. And just remember, 40 years is not that long. We got a long way to go. And just be prepared that on this journey, we may lose people. And I've lost a lot of people. And I regret it. And I, I regret just 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 knowing that I couldn't do anything. And, I, and that's really weird because and that, that they, because there's really nothing you can do in these kinds of situations. But I wish that there was a study that I could have enrolled my trans mothers in so they would still be here. Does that make sense? Like at Impose? I wish mm -hmm. there was a study, you know, or some extra something. And um, while you know, their health issues were different, nothing what were may have been related or whatever. The bottom line is is that healthcare was still deplorable for queer folk. And 40 years later, I don't think it's where it should be. And so I hope that we can grow. So sis, take on a, take on uh, 
Lord, take us on up out of here. Well, 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 one and all, we thank you for all of your love, support, and patronage, all of the joy, all of the comments. Thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to each and every one of you that go onto our social media and engage with us. Thanks for all the likes, the love, the subscribes, and the bells. We ask that you continue to support us as we journey and pardon our progress as we grow. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talking. I'm one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. Bye.